Yo, what's poppin'? It's your one and only Young Siphon. I'm plugged in with Cool Kel on TPLG Uncut. Yeah! There it go. Hell yeah. What's the word, though, man? Man, hey, look, man, you tell me, man. You, you, for those of you who are plugged in, you're plugged in the TPLG Uncut. You got an exclusive interview with my man Sud on the check-in. What is but you're from a high point, eh? Yeah, I'm from the 336, high point to be exact. But, uh, you know, right now I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, getting a little bit of work done. And, um, you know, ne tomorrow and next week I'll probably be somewhere else, man. I'm on every side of town with it. But <laughs> high point is home. High point is the crib, for sure, for sure. Hey, man, where did you get your first or where did the DJ start for you in high point? Um... I guess I've always had that music background, man, from down slanging the mixtapes in school. It wasn't even really mixtapes. It was more like just me putting playlists together from, like, Napster and LimeWire in school to um, being in the marching band in high school and then throwing parties with my drumline partners in high school to, you know, realizing I can really make money off of this. Like, this is how I've been making money my whole life. So it's like just, you know, every year I find a different way to make more money, you know what I'm saying, through this entertainment yeah, yeah. thing. And it's like the possibilities are endless, man. There's so many different ways to make money. And, you know, it's changing my life, changing folks around me life. So, you know, this this what I'm doing, man. Hey, I, I feel you, man. You got the, you got the, your gist of the crowd, and you've constantly kept going from that first that first start. What was that first gig being a DJ, man? What was your first ever gig, man? Um, I guess I kind of – put myself on the spot it's like you know like when i was in high school i threw a house party and my mama like child my parents they allowed me to fuck the basement up you know what i'm saying so but i wasn't really i ain't really understand the art of djing until like a few years after i graduated high school so um yeah but it's like all them gigs was practice though you know what i'm saying from that house party to that party at the ymca to the, my parties at the national guard army and high point it's like i was doing belt drive turntables with them dual desk cd changer you know what i'm saying so i'll just figure it out trying to make it work the best way i could you know what i mean so um yeah that's what it was but i guess like when i got to college a t it started doing them 18 and up parties that's when i really got my taste to you know how i need to be rocking you know one of the hosts was like yo sir man like you got to get together bro you all over the place with it like you got to learn to dj and sets you know what i'm saying so then he pointed out I was like, okay that's why my man be playing all that reggae back to back that's why he do all this back to back and, you know, I just started getting that knowledge. But other than that, it was like, shoot, I was just damn jumping off the porch with it. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't knowing what yeah. it me to buy. None of that. I was just going with the flow. Like, I'm just going to learn as a go. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, man, I've been having gigs for years. You know what I'm saying? So I can't even think of that one main gig. I guess all of them was jumping off the porch. I guess that first gig was, and I guess how I kind of got into the DJing aspect of it, that's really what it was. My dog DJ Smooth that we hired to do the party when I was in 10th grade, mm -hmm. I asked him to play a song. He was like, shit. I kept on requesting different joints. And eventually he was like, here, you play it. And he told me how to, you know, put the needle on the record. And he showed me how to, you know, whether, whether I did that or the dual deck CD chain, he just showed me how to work the equipment. And after that, mm -hmm. it was like, all right, cool. Anytime I request something, I'm coming over there and I'm dropping this shit myself. So. Now, he, yeah. he, he was turning me into a DJ, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. I guess he was really just showing me how to work it. But it's like, all right, cool, son. If this is what you want to do, this is what you're going to do. And I just yeah. took the sauce and ran with it, added my flavor to it, and that's what we're doing to this day, man. So it's, it looks like that, that first DJ, DJ Smooth, was that, that mentor for you. As yeah, you def definitely up. one of them, you know what I'm saying? He was yeah. definitely like the first DJ I'd ever met, the first nigga I knew who first name was DJ, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. like DJ Smooth, he had the damn – 
he had the studio in his crib, you know what I'm saying? He taught me how to build a studio. So, like, I had the studio in my mama's basement when I was in high school, you know what I'm saying? So, it's mm. like, I've always been known as the go-to person with the music, you feel me? Mm. So, um, yeah, DJ Smooth, DJ Reflection, Wally, Coyote. Really, everybody at 102 Jam showed me love, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, all my peers around that Greensboro, High Point, the Salem area, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and that's one thing I always did was kept great relationships with all them folks. And that's really yeah. what I do as I travel the world until this day. Every city, every state, every country I go to, I build new relationships. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, because I'm sure I'm going to come back to you. So whether it's relationship on damn a barber or relationships on good food or relationship for a promoter booking me for after parties or DJs or the weed man, yeah. whatever. It's like whatever city I go to, I'm going to make sure I'm plugged in. Whatever city my folks go to, I'll make sure whatever we need, we good when we get there. You know what I'm saying? We just link up with good yeah. folks all around the world, bro. Uh, folks that's like that i feel i don't know i'm just good at reading energy i'm good at reading vibes so it's like um you know i put out the energy that i'd like to attract you know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. I, I i just get surrounded by great people bro you know what i'm saying yeah what what makes a good dj there are tens of thousands of djs out here what makes Issa? what makes what about your friends have people gravitating toward Issa? I guess for the most part is just being yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like not trying yeah. to copy or, you know, it's like it's not, it's not trying to copy or be too much like the next person. Don't try to sound like this person on the mic. Don't copy yeah. this DJ sets. Don't copy his transitions. Like I was just always original, you know what I'm saying? Like um, okay. if I was to take something from one of my big homies, um, I make sure I switch it up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't taking it to the fullest. But for the most part with me, uh, I guess my gift was, bro, the crowd control, man. And that, that thing that really took me to the next level, or I guess to say um, more than just doing clubs and shit, was the business with me. Like, I, I understood the business a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Like, my whole thing was breaking artists. At the time when I, like, was back in Carolinas, like, 2008 and 9 and 10 like my whole thing was breaking the carolina artists breaking the carolina artists so like that's all i, I ain't scared to play a record you ain't never heard at 12 30 or the peak part of the party you know what i'm saying it's like because i know how to transition i know how to drop them records and like if you don't like it or if the crowd ain't fucking with it i know how to get up out of it you know what i'm saying but it's like i'm not playing no whack shit i was getting my hands on that dope shit that hard shit that's gonna make the folks go crazy when you hear it it's gonna make you call and request it to the radio. Like I just got my way of breaking records. I ain't scared to bring the record back five times. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I'm gonna have that energy with it. So um, yeah. I think that's the main difference with me, bro. Like I'm a real record breaker, and I think that's what makes a great DJ. Like your job is to break an artist. Your job is to break a record. Yeah, you gotta keep the folks entertained, keep the folks happy, keep the crowd going, make sure the folks buying drinks at the bar, make sure everybody get home safe. But the main thing is, shit, bro. Like. My main goal is to break an artist, and that's what yeah, I've been yeah. doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, breaking folks from around the Carolinas, you know, putting them on a, I don't know what you want to consider breaking, but I guess what you could say is, like, I put folks on the platform, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, I'll give folks a chance, give folks a way to get their voice heard, a way to see their campaign felt, and, you know, after that, it's up to the people to see if they're going to buy into it or not, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't just co-sign everything, but when I do co-sign something, I get behind it real strong, and I'm full force with it, bro. So uh, yeah, it's not too many folks. I ain't gonna say it's not too many folks moving like me, but in our area, 
everybody just didn't see that vision. And I guess I was one of those guys to see that vision from before. You know what I'm saying? So, and I wasn't scared to invest in myself, bro. Like, my promo game was crazy. Like, before I was hired to uh, work with Travis Porter and Street Execs, you know, my whole thing was East Sud and Naps Crew. So, shit, that's what I was repping with the East Sud on the side of the car, the big-ass East Sud chain. Like, everything was Sud that I was promoting. I was branding myself. My mixtapes, I'm branding myself along with the other artists that I'm breaking. So it's like I'm knowing my worth. I'm building my worth. And I'm fucking the streets up. And I guess with me, I was the best of both worlds. I'm fucking the streets up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I fucking online up with the mixtapes. And I'm yeah, fucking the streets up with the parties. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the DJs back around, like, you know, when I was coming up, like either you did mixtapes or you did the parties. I'm back on here. Yeah, I hear you. Now I got kicked off for a minute, man. I don't know if my app just shut down. I don't know if somebody tried to sign in my account or what, but all I heard was Forever Carolina. I don't know what you heard from me or what. Yeah, now, now I, was saying the first, I was saying the first project that, that crossed my path in regards to East Lent was that Forever Carolina. So oh, yeah. that's the project that you put out as a platform for those artists to have their record being pushed to that next level. Hell nah, man. I was dropping projects before that. That Forever Carolina, like, that really wasn't even nothing that that was like a playlist that I came up with for real is the Carolina co-sign. It's like, this This was on my radar at the time. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm -hmm. you couldn't buy into that Forever Carolina project. Everything on that project was like shit that I was bumping. Like one time okay. I was just riding in my car and I'm like, damn, well, I've been listening to Carolina music for like the past hour and everything. <laughs> like, I need to make a playlist. I need to put this shit on the CD. I need to put this shit out. But it's like, you know, I was damn shit, bro. Like 2008, for real, for real. Like from Brandon D to Naps Crew to Tigo B, like them like the really three first well shit, even before that, like fresh out of high school, my boy Snoop, he was going crazy. He from High Point and like, you know, that nigga, I was getting his songs in radio rotation. You know what I'm saying? Like I just had my relationships with the streets, had my relationships with the radio to where like if I'm asking a DJ for something, they all with it. You know what I mean? And whatever they ask me for, I'm with it too. But it's like in my time, it wasn't a lot of DJs asking for favors other than getting booked. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know, now it's like everybody a DJ, everybody a producer, everybody a rapper. So it's overwhelming. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to look out for all these people. But, you yeah. know, back when I was just first coming up, it wasn't too many people that was doing it. You know what I'm saying? So when somebody did come to you with some work or, with, you know, like if you had a business proposition for somebody, it was real easy to get the shit done because it wasn't yeah. that many people. It wasn't saturated. You know what I'm saying? And the shit I was yeah. bringing to the table was dope as hell. But it's like. You know, even from 2008, like, it was a single called Gotta Stay Fresh with me and Cream Team. Like, that shit was the biggest song for Carolina for, like, two years, that. you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, yeah. you know, me and my dog, Tigo B, like, we dropping projects, we dropping singles. And, uh, you know, it's one thing after the other. But, like, right after that, I guess really what it was was um my boy Charlie from Atlanta. He just, like, called me one night. He was like, yo, sir, because, like, really what I was doing was I'd go down to Atlanta and i damn. You know, I see what's going on. I I, yeah. I sit back and watch and see these folks at the ATL uh, at the ATL open mics and shit, these clubs and all that. And I go back and take that formula and apply it to what's going on around my area. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I wasn't scared to go break these artists that I'm hearing down here. It's like, this shit hard. I'm saying, these folks in Atlanta going up, I'm about to play this back home. Some of them folks being K-Camp, Waka Flocka, Travis Porter, like, you know, I just had relationships with them early so I could get them drops. So it's yeah. like, all right, cool. Now I'm breaking y'all on my mixtapes back home. Plus I'm DJing five, six nights in the club back home. Got a college crowd, got a local hood crowd. 
So it's like shit. Going I, I, I got had the market on lock. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and it's, it, and it's still like that without me being in the club all those nights a week. But it's like I got a relationship with the DJs and promoters and hosts to where I could send a text like, "Yo, bro, don't forget to drop this." You know what I'm saying? Or, "Yo, bro, we in the city. Me and Sauce Pack about to hit four, five clubs a night." And we go in every club. We in there for a long enough time to go speak to the DJ, go tip the bartender real quick, dap a few niggas up, say what up to security, get this record play. We out on to the next spot. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I move. We get in, we get out, leave our mark, and we go ahead and go on to the next one, man. How did you get in contact? Uh, how did you get connected with Studio Six to becoming Two Chains DJ? How did how did that? What time period did that come in about? Cause I knew that was, was that around the early stage. Was that between? Him be coming from Titty Boy to Two Chains, or was that exactly where he became Two Chains and you was his DJ? No, nah, we started rocking when he was Titty Boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. 2008, I was down in Tunica, Mississippi, with uh, Naps Crew Entertainment. Um, my dog Jay White, he introduced me to my boy DJ Techniques, and uh, you know Technique, he uh, you know one of the founders of Street Execs. At that time, he was on the road with Gorilla Zoe, and you know it was just him and my man Al, a few other niggas from Savannah. And they had a DJ okay. coalition, you know what I'm saying? They was hustling the music. But Jay White, you know, he used to run the CD game in the Carolinas. Other than him and Barry B, like, Jay White had the CD game on Smash as far as supplying the stores, all the bootleggers and shit, all the gas stations, the mom and pop stores with the CDs. Jay White had that shit on lock. So he was buying the street execs tapes and the big mics and the envies and the clue. Everybody was dropping the tape. Uh, mm -hmm. Jay White was buying them shits in bulk. And so he the one that told me. Or he didn't want to talk to me in the damn uh, son. I'm going to give you this much for your master copy. And then, you know, I'm going to make these copies and I'm going to flood your shit all around the Carolinas. I'm going to help blow your name up. I'm like, all right, that's hard. Let's do it. So anyway, he introduced me to Technique. And um, every time I came down to Atlanta to visit Technique or, you know, to work, I'd always just hit Technique up. Like, whether well, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, like, what's up, bro? What you doing? So let's go get some Waffle House, whatever, whatever. Or during the day, they might just say, shit, pull up to the office. And I pull up to the office. It's a little small-ass office at the time. With like yeah. two or three folks in it, you know what I'm saying? Burning CDs, knocking out mixtapes, little meeting desk, nothing fancy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Little business park swag. Um, but every time I came down, I always had new product. I always had new artists with me. I always had like a new mixtape, you know what I'm saying? New promotion for myself, or either I'm coming down there way deeper than I was before. So, you know, my boy Al was like, yo, shit, son, I love what you're doing. Like, imagine if you attach Street Exec to it. So, like, here, man, here go the Street Exec shield. Now, damn. Add your, add your sauce to it. Add your brand to it. You know, like, turn us up in the Carolinas. We're going to turn you up in Atlanta and turn us up in the Carolinas. So after yeah. then, it's like, you know, I, I start, like, getting, I guess, down this. I, it was like a, I had a, I didn't have a key to the Atlanta city, but it's like I, I had a pass to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I had a name to drop. So it's like, damn, it wasn't no big signing bonus, no chain, no nothing like that, no paperwork. It was just like, yo, son, shit, we fuck with you. If you yeah. fuck with us, let's rock. Let's help build this thing, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's yeah. what it was, bro. You know what I'm saying? So my boy Tech, like, you know, um, I guess he saw me as a cool record-breaker DJ, so he would send me exclusives. He would help me get drops from certain artists that I wanted drops from, you know what I mean? Like when I had a reason to come down to Atlanta to build my second home or my family now, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I'd get these private invites to these exclusive events. And really all it is is brushing shoulders with folks. You know what I'm saying? They led me to the water. Shit, bro. I took me a straw, took me a cup, a bowl, and everything. And I'm damn, I'm gonna eat it all up. You give me all I need yeah. is opportunity, bro. Once I get yeah. the opportunity, it's like that's all I need. That's all a lot of folks need. A lot of folks don't get opportunity. 
And on the other hand, a lot of folks that do get opportunity, they don't know what to do with it or they waste it or they drop the ball. I don't, I don't really got too many fumbles out here. You know what I'm saying? If I do got a yeah. fumble, I'm going to find a way to pick that thing up and keep it running again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, but that's really what got me with Street Execs, which is um, JY introduced me to damn technique, being consistent, staying working. They saw my vision. They said, sir, get down. And, uh, you know, when, when I got involved with Street Execs, that was the same time that Street Execs kind of discovered Travis Porter. Okay. So it's like I was in the office when, you know, we looking at these videos and stuff. And then Al and, uh, you know, Charlie, Charlie was, Char Charlie had Travis Porter at the time. So, you know, he bring him to the office. So I just got to build that relationship all at the same time. So I'm getting all this exclusive music and I'm taking this shit back to Carolina and they yeah. getting more plays in Carolina than they getting in Atlanta on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm getting these boys book shows in Carolinas and shit. And it's yeah. like, all right, damn, sir, yeah, you working, working. So my boy Charlie was like, you know, it's like by the time Make It Rain came out and Bring It Back came out, I'm having that shit going crazy back home. So I'm Man, showing videos when I, I remember, was in the I remember when that Travis Porter dropped. You feel me? In college, man. That, man, that was the yeah. – they play. They had to play. I know Travis Porter, and, and they just did their 10-year anniversary. You had him at High Point for the parking lot concert. I had him when I know when Travis Porter first came out. Bro, I know five, six years strong. It was it was in consistent rotation back to back. It was the hardest group in Atlanta. Brought it back just because that's how hot that record was. And they still got they still got the songs in rotation, and that's what's yeah. gonna make them one of the greatest groups of all time. But you know what I'm saying? Like as you get older, your fans get older too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Folks right. started going to college, then you know Migos came out, and you got other groups coming out, and then like music. After a while, music started getting flooded because this is yeah. the time where like mixtapes were still going crazy. So we got breaking like crashing a live mixtape service. Um, like, but I was just really involved in that Travis Porter grind because, like, you know, me and a few of my other guys, I'm going to keep it real, like, that we had a, we had a uh, van and we packed 60,000 CDs in the van. And we traveled from Atlanta to the Carolinas to Pennsylvania to, like, we rode all the way to the West Coast, like, mm. flooding the streets with CDs, bro. You know what I'm saying? We did that twice. So it's like we put in work. We really beat up these streets. But at the same yeah. time, like, we already got relationships with some of these places, whether it's from college or whatever, or whether it's from internet. I used to run the Travis Porter Instagram and all that. So it's like that whole salute the DJs campaign. Like that was me and Charlie. You know what I'm saying? Like sitting in the office, like just shit. I go on Travis Porter page and might reach out to a DJ. Like what's up, DJ? So and so. This is so and so from Travis Porter. Like they uh, you know, you see a, a, a verified check in your damn. <laughs> What's going on with this? So it's like I reach out to one DJ, and yeah. that DJ gonna like put me in touch with four, five other DJs in that market, and that DJ gonna link me with more DJs in that market. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I was doing, just kept on connecting them dots, connecting them dots. And uh, you know, by the time uh, you know, next thing was my dog Tech was like, "Yo, shit." Uh, and I had been met Titty Boy. You know, my boy Tech had been like introduced me to him. He had been working with him and shit, but it was never official. But, you know, it was like, your son, um, it's really my vision, dog. Like, I want to put you on the road with uh, Titty Boy. Like, we got to help break these records so, you know, he can start getting shows and he can start paying you. But it's like, I think y'all be a good match. So, you know, this damn started going to the studio more and more, pulling up on him. Like, shit, every night I be in the studio from 10 to 5 with him. It's just, I don't know how to position myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just built that relationship. And he knew what I was doing, and he was hosting some mixtapes for me, doing some drops for me. I'm getting his song in radio rotation back home. Like, I was putting in that work, but I was really with him. You know what I'm saying? So by the yeah, time yeah. it was time for him to do a show or something, like, shit, sir, come on, let's go rock this show. 
So first few shows, I may have not got paid for it, but when eventually the money came in, it's like, shit, here go a few dollars, sir. You know what yeah. I mean? This is a growing process. Like, I went in it to get rich. It's like I did it for the love of breaking music, the love for helping break our artists. You know what I'm saying? It's like the love of my team. All right, this is what we believe in. We got to grow together. You know what I'm saying? And to yeah. this day, we could still continue to grow together. But it ain't just me. It's just a whole team of folks. You know what I'm saying? That we still bringing in folks. And, uh, you know, a lot of really with our team, though, like we got a lot of day ones around us still. We ain't have a lot of in and outs, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got some folks that come around and then they no longer with us. But for the main part, the core team is still intact, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, we just yeah. real close, real family-oriented. And, um, you know, it's not a lot of teams and squads that move like us, whether you're talking about music or just business, period. Like, it ain't too many folks that move like us. And that's one of the things that's a blessing about our team. Ripping up and, up and down the road with down the road with CDs till now is a digital age. Breaking artists from then to now has changed to the digital. How has you helped maneuver artists through the transition from at one time passing out CDs, doing hand-to-hands, kissing babies, to now having the streaming being the main point of that or a piece of that main point in breaking artists because I come from that that same era of doing hands to hands. Right. I used to throw parties, so doing them hand to hands, touching the people, helping them understand and being comfortable, like they should come up, come out your event or listen to your music. How has that how has that changed? From how has breaking the artist changed from then till now, sir? Uh, shit, you gotta be more creative, man. Cause it's a lot easier to get to these folks now. You know what I'm saying? I I don't want to say it's gotten easier. I don't want to say it's gotten harder. It's definitely gotten easier to touch the people. Cause now all you gotta do is hop in their DMs or buy an ad or something. But it's like, all right, I gotta do create, be creative with it, because anybody yeah. can hop in a DM and you know what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> if you ain't if you ain't got them, if you ain't like locking in, what can I say? It's it, 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 it's it's different, but I still use some of them same old tactics. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I see the results yeah. like when I do hand to hand. So it's like, yeah, Sauce Pack, he's 16. So it's like, you know, a lot of artists that done came up over these past few years, they don't know nobody at the radio station. They don't know none of these DJs in the club, and they ain't got to yeah. because they got the formula, they got the machine behind them where they can go get them playlists and everything. And But it's like, all right, so when it is time, like a time like right now, everybody ain't going to be able to get that $100,000 or that crazy-ass show price that they used to get. So some of y'all niggas going to have to go back to the club. But some yeah. of y'all ain't got no relationships because y'all ain't never been in the club except for maybe an after party. But y'all ain't never yeah. did no shows in the club. A lot of folks skip that whole chitlin circuit, that meet and greet grind. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. I, I believe that you can't skip them steps because what goes up must come down. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Hopefully, like, it don't come down as fast as some do. But it's like, shit, just in case it do, you still need them ground roots. You still need them relationships. You still need them folks that are press play for you, you know what I'm saying, by any means necessary. So, um, yeah, you know, I've been learning to stay ahead of the curve. Like, that's one thing with us. Like, we always stay ahead of the curve. We always try to invent what's going on. We don't try to f see what the next thing is going to be. We try to make the next thing. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to see the new trend and copy that trend, it's like, all right, nah, because that ain't going to be the trend forever. So let's figure out what's going to be next. Let's create the next vibe. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing that me and my team have always been good at is creating the culture. Yeah. Instead of rolling with the wave, you know what I mean. Now, when when this whole pandemic uh, started, <laughs> we just gonna say it like that. 
Y'all were y'all had an innovative idea that that people are seeing and starting to imitate, emulate, or replicate in regards to their own personal business matter. The right. parking lot uh, concert. Explain how did that? Cause, uh, the schooling started that right, or well, that was through Street Ex overall? Yeah, yeah. So schooling. I mean, it's that PLC is definitely Street Execs, You know what I'm saying? Okay. So. Uh, yeah, we masterminds when it comes to this marketing, bro. If, if folks ain't realized that by now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, everything I said in the last thing, I'm referring that to my team. So it's like, yeah. uh, first we did a drive-in. We did something at the drive-in movie theater down here in Atlanta. And that wasn't really performance-based. That was more so like showing his DVD, showing his documentary. And we played a few songs. He stood up on the car, but we ain't had no stage set up. So it's like, I right, bet. So really, the Philly as well at the Murphy Park Fairgrounds and um. Yeah, that shit went crazy. You know what I'm saying? But it was really just a way for us to break music. All right, so ain't nothing open. Schoolie ain't getting booked for no shows. We can't do no damn club appearances. So we got to throw our own show. Mm -hmm. And we're going to sell tickets for it. And he's going to bring the whole city out, which he did. And we're going to yeah. break the music at the same time. And, uh, you know, that went up. That did good. Expenses yeah, were paid. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right, bet. Let's take it to North Carolina. All right, bet. Let's take it to Arizona. Let's take it to Miami. Let's take it to California. And now we got dates pending in all these cities and states. So it's just growing. And, um, wow. you know, a lot of other folks are trying to do the same thing now, run off with the blueprint, but you can't be mad at it. Because, you know, it's just like the clubs. Like, you got to get with it. This is the new normal right here. But our whole yeah, thing yeah. is like, just be original with it, man. Don't copy everything exact down to the flyer, to the word, and to this, that, and the third. It's like, just be original. Anybody can do an outside concert, but it's like, don't try to make your brand seem like it's this brand and trick the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely the new normal. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying we invented the wheel or nothing. Because, you know, it's been, it's been going on in the Netherlands, and they got it going on in Texas. I've seen other DJs do an event. But it's like, nah, the way we doing it, it's a little bit different. So, you know, the branding and the, con and the name and all that, like, so we take all that very personal. You know what I'm saying? When folks try to intrude on that. But yeah, this shit, this shit be dope, man. It should be a vibe. Uh, this Saturday in Atlanta, K Camp, we're going to be performing live. I think we like four months strong for real, for real, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's just the pandemic. That innovative standpoint with the parking lot concerts, man. Everybody, and I've seen it, you know what I'm saying, through, through different uh, avenues and structures. But, bro, I take my hat off to y'all on that one because that one, Definitely, it had people like, right, we need something to do. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And that's all it is. Folks needed something to do. And we're going to give some good shit to do. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. How did the No Stress campaign start? Uh, No Stress really branched off from a uh, mixtape series that I used to do. And it's called No Stress. The first one was like No Stress, R&B at its best. And then the next one was like No Stress, then line between the streets and the sheets. And that's like when I kind of mix like that. That's when that like plies type vibe came out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That damn, yeah. that that damn Usher and Jeezy loving this club. It's like there's a lot of collabs between the R&B artists and them. Is that laid back chill music? That vibe yeah. music? That no stress music? You know what I'm saying? That chill, the chill vibes. And I call it that was, my genre was called no stress. That's the genre that I placed it in. So you know I was just dropping mixtapes. I like five, six, seven volumes of it, and it's be like R&B and this smooth music that I was putting out. And, uh, you know, like when I was dropping them projects, I used to always just put no stress in my Facebook bio or uh, my Facebook statuses and my Twitter status. I always say no stress and I always get like a lot of likes and a lot of reposts mm -hmm. and all that. So um, sitting up in my guy house one day and, you know, we came up with the font, came up with a logo mm -hmm. and we started putting that thing on a few t-shirts, a few sweatshirts and, uh, 
Yeah, man. Shit. I wore one. <laughs> and I had a few with me. Somebody wanted to buy one right off of me. Then a yeah, few of my yeah. boys liked them. Then they started wearing them. And folks wanted to buy them off of them. So it's like, all right, this shit must be fly. And yeah. it's making me a few dollars. And now my boys, they selling it. So it opened up jobs for some of my partners that ain't had jobs at the time. Or extra hustle for some of my partners. So, uh, you know, it's just something that everybody can relate to. And this one thing led to the next. The situation got larger and larger. And, you know, we did a no-stress flavors, got a cannabis strain. Coalition DJs! Open up jobs for some of my partners that ain't had jobs at the time. Or extra hustle for some of my partners. So, uh, you know, it's just something that everybody can relate to. And this one thing led to the next. The situation got larger and larger. And, you know, we did a no-stress flavors, got a cannabis strain now. We got a... Uh, you know, it's that's actually the name of my management company. Actually, the name of my record label is No Stress Entertainment. So everything I do is no stress, bro. And that's what I believe in. And obviously, it's like, you know, thousands of other people that believe the same thing or, like, love that same lifestyle. Yeah. So it's just it's like, it's an organic growing. It's an organic. It's just organic, bro. Yeah. For real, for real. One thing I've noticed that you, and I'm going to say you was doing this early from my perspective. You know what I'm saying? You had this project out called Still Serving back in 2018. Yeah. Now, where you you were putting, you were taking the, the beat from the producers and putting the artists on those records, correct? For sure. Showing my hand on skills. Where did that piece of the creativity come from? Because a lot of DJs stick to, they, a lot of people stay in one spot. They either going to stay, like you said, in the clubs or in the events, and then some transition in that integration Right. that compilation or putting certain artists on certain records. So where did that come from from that still serve or just from the beginning to that still serving EP? Yeah, I'm, like honestly, that's something that I like have been doing for years, bro. It's just connecting the dots with artists and producers, you know what I'm Cream team features from uh, from them, from uh, Travis Porter and putting it on a chop house beat and having Smiley sing the hook. Like I've been A and R and putting records together like since 2007, 2008. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah, yeah. I've been behind of a lot of big records. You know what I mean? And, you know, some things like at the time I just didn't know the business, so I didn't know how to really credit myself for it or really get my percentage and really get my uh, you know what I'm saying? Like get really get production yeah, credits yeah. for. It. So that's something I had to learn over time. Uh, but that just, I don't know, it's like, I just know what sounds good together. Like, mm -hmm. bro, I like to hear you on this beat. Or, bro, I got these, I got, you, are, you a rapper? Like, that's what it was when I met Flocker. Like, I was already seeing him in the open mic down here in Atlanta. And then uh, next day, I saw him at the studio. It was, it was me and Tigo B. We put up on, his name was The Kid at the time. Now he goes by Sorry The Kid. My boy Sean Teasy, they had a studio on the north side of Atlanta, and that's why I used to pull up all the time in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Flocka, that was his home studio, too. So I'm like, Flocka, I got some beats, bro. At first, I got the drops from him. And I was like, bro, I got some beats. So I'm playing beats, and one of the beats had a hook on it. And my boy Tigo B from Raleigh. And Flocka was like, boy, I love this shit right here. Oh, it's talking about moving yeah, music, boy. That's all I do is push me down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I want to put a verse on this. Like, about maybe like a week went by. First showed up in my email, I was like, all right, he wasn't bullshit, you know what I'm saying, asking no money or nothing. And uh, just from then, it's like, all right, cool, I got all these records. And, you know, niggas was sending me, I used to get exclusive from artists. I used to go to the, I like the creativity part, I like the cook up, I like the, I like being there from step one. 
because that helped me become yeah. more involved when I'm breaking a record. You know what I'm saying? Like when you attach mm -hmm. to a record, when you like the first yeah. DJ with that record, or you gonna go hard for that shit. You feel what I'm saying? So, the, mm -hmm. really, the way for as time went on, it's like the exclusives weren't coming out that much no more because like when the exclusives dropped, it's like every DJ would have it at the same time because it's internet. Yeah. It's like it wasn't no more emails from labels or no fresh out the studio type joints. It's like nah. Or you just got you the only DJ with the vinyl. It was like, what's up, kid? It's like, damn, you had to, <laughs> you damn, you got to be in the studio, or you got to make it your record. So I had yeah. to keep it in order for these shits to be exclusive for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, that was my thing. Like, you gotta go check out this project I got called Frontline. Like, okay. I got yeah, Nicki Minaj on, like a Nicki Minaj and Smiley Face track. I got Say I Freeway on there, like. Gucci mm -hmm. Man, Balboa, like P. Wonder, Rico Barino, Tigo Cream Team, like Travis Portis, a whole bunch of records from folks that I was affiliated with or working with. And, you know, uh, they blessed me with exclusive records. So mm -hmm. uh, that's just been something that I've always, shit, I, I, I had been slacking. So it was yeah. like, I put me a project out. So that's when I dropped that piece, Love No Stress. And mm -hmm. that's when I dropped that Still Serving after that. You know what I'm saying? That was like a little bit less than one year later. And it's like, it's time for me to drop some new shit. But, you know, lately I've been focused on, uh, you know, more so the artists rather than me putting projects out for myself. It's like my yeah, focus yeah. is sauce pack, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't even had the time to get in the studio and build all like I guess the last compilation I dropped was, uh, it was around 420. I dropped a project called No Stress Flavors. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was an extra promotion for my strain as well. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. yeah. But it's about time for me to drop some more shit. I got some, I got some <laughs> records sitting in my notes. I got some records on my hard drive. And I got some, yeah. I got some open verses too. And I've been producing, cooking up beats myself lately as well. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's just time for all that. It's time to put this shit out. If I feel something hard, I feel like the world going to feel as hard too. But it's my, it's my, it's my, it's my job to press play and make sure they hear it. Yeah. How did you plug in with Sauce Pack, man? How how did you uh, first first get introduced to Sauce Pack, man? Shout out to Sauce Pack too, man. That that first project, bro, I was playing that thing back to back. Yeah, and we <laughs> so and we we, we did that project in like a week and a half, bro. Two weeks for real, for real. Um, we had mutual friends, you know what I'm saying? Uh, somebody that I was working with at the time, you know. All they was talking about was, though, I got this 15-year-old artist that I be working with. He be in our clique. He hard as fuck. And I wasn't even really, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't paying him too much attention at first. You know, um, see him DM me because I was just so focused. Like, I knew all these past few years, it's like, all right, instead of trying to shoot all these little shots, let me shoot these big shots. Let me really grab an artist and let me run to the end zone with him. So, you know, this first artist I was trying to work with, like, uh, you know, she was always talking about, like, her and her partner was always talking about, this 15-year-old, this 15-year-old, whatever, whatever. So, uh, you know, 102 Jams, they had a uh, car and bike show a few years ago, probably like two years ago in Winston-Salem. Gucci Man, the baby was headlining. And um, so I was out there. And after I'm chopping up my folks saying peace to everybody, I'm walking out to the car. And it's this one nigga left at the gate. He at the front, like, yo, sir, sir yo, I'm Sauce Pack, bro, what's up, man? I'm like, yo, what's up? Yeah, I've seen my DMs, I done heard about you. He's like, bro, like, I'm trying to fuck with you. I'm like, all right, fuck with me. Like, here go my number. Then I got a show in Charlotte next week. Media run, pull up on me. So mm -hmm. he pulled up on me. And I had seen this video, you know what I'm saying? But I went all the way in tune with him. It's like when I meet somebody, it's like I get become more of a fan. You know what I'm saying? We get yeah. we get, get closer. So, um, yeah, that's what it was. I met him. Then I went and did some research on him, checked out a record or two. And he already had a song that was kind of going crazy. It was, it, was, it was buzzing in the area called Fernego. The record was already yeah. had, like, 
he already had like about ninety thousand, hundred thousand plays on the YouTube. But uh, you know, when he came and he performed at my event. He went crazy. Folks was fucking with him. Now, like we doing in the mall in Greensboro. Pull up on me again. Came. He stole the show. So right after that, you know, I just built with him for a little bit. Right after the event, let's get in the studio, bro. Got in the studio, knocked out two joints. Then we got in the studio that whole week, every day. And uh, you know, him and he has some of his other partners with him. And we was just knocking out bangers. Next yeah. week we got in the studio. Like the first week we knocked out like 13, 14 tracks. The following week we knocked out like eight more tracks. And then we chose the best tracks, and that's when we came out with Thank You TV, the project you talking about. And uh, you know, it was like shit, like, let's let's really do this. And we just been locked in ever since, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I believe in him. And it seems like a lot of other people believe in him. You know what I'm saying? He putting out great work and he staying consistent. This month of October is going to be really, really big for him. Um, I don't know if you noticed the Double XL Freshman 2020 issue, but when he opened right. the first page, they got him on there as one of the future voices of 2021 to listen for. So it's like he got to live up to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that Freshman 2021 cover is going to be in the bag. As long as, you know, we deliver and do what we're supposed to, like, this shit wide open, especially being an yeah, artist from yeah. Carolina, ain't nobody stepped up to the plate since the baby. Like, the baby done stepped in. He done left the window crack for niggas to get in. So it's like, but ain't nobody came through and fully, fully delivered and stayed consistent and been back-to-back -back with it, you know what I mean, with that quality yeah, music yeah. and everything else. So it's like, uh, I feel I feel like that's what's going on with Sauce Pack and with the age he's at now. It's like he still got plenty of room to grow. He still got more life to live. He got more things to experience. So it's like every time he make take a trip, he got more shit to say and talk about. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and I just hear some of the music he's been recording lately, bro. Like he's so far ahead of his time and like buzz. Like a, he's a musician. He's like a real artist. So it's like, you know, uh, he got songs made that we can't even put out yet because his fan base ain't ready for it. You know what I'm saying? But like this, this man got some shit, dog. I ain't gonna lie to yeah. you, like, be around for some years. And, like, he ain't gonna change, but it's like he gonna adapt, adapt and define itself more and more. And the music's just gonna get bigger and bigger, you know what I'm saying? Like, for a wider audience, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see this man doing arenas with 50, 60, 100,000 people. I ain't gonna lie, he got some songs, like, he got some arena type music. Yeah, he got the balling off the rims. Yeah, he got the finagle, the thugging. You know, the young nigga, hard shit for the club, shit to bang your head yeah. to. But he really got some smooth shit, bro. Like, this man, a real artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit, I can see him writing for folks. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, wow. R&B artist and everything, dude. Dude really wow. talented. So it's like, he, he he ahead of his time, you know what I'm saying? And now he into the acting and everything else as well. So it's like, you know, bro, it's a total package. He a full package. You start shooting this, y'all starting to shoot this new movie called Dolo. Yep. Are you behind? Are you behind? Is is no stress Issa behind the Dolo movie? Or how do, how is that being put together? Oh yeah, that's a no stress film right there, man. That's a no stress film. Um, shit, that shit so close to his real life. It's like, I mean, it's it's it's, it's not based on the true story, but it's some parts okay. of it. It's like, ah, right, yeah, this how this young nigga living. Uh, it's basically Home Alone 2020. It's the hood Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> You feel me? So what's what's a young nigga gonna do when they got the crib to themselves? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's going down. You know what I mean? So, but it's yeah. got like a whole lot of twists. It's got a lot of funny parts. It's got some serious parts. Like, it's just a good. It's gonna be a good thirty to forty minute film. You know what I'm saying? Like we done okay. filming for five days, and uh, you know I want to get a few more shots in just to get some pickup scenes and everything. But 
it's gonna be dope. I'm super excited. Just looking at some of the raw footage, it's like, bro, it's funny as hell. You know what I'm saying? I know if it was gonna be a drama or a comedy or what, but like when you got Chico Bean as one of the main characters and P. Frank is one of the main characters as well, it's like, oh yeah, you asking for some bullshit, man. So it's like it just came together so smooth. You know, that's something I've been talking about for months, really. But I was just waiting for everything to be right and perfect and lined up. But it was like, you can't wait. You gotta just jump off the porch. You gotta get that shit together as you go. If that's the case, you be waiting and trying to plan and plot stuff forever. So that's one thing with me. Like, I'm a real firm believer is damn getting that shit together as we go. But if you don't hop off the porch, you ain't never going. You playing. Yeah, you can yeah. say you're going to the mall to look for something. But, like, damn, you got you got it. You got it. You got it. Damn, get in the car first. You got to <laughs> yeah. gas station. So it's like, before you do all that, you got to have that mindset that you're going to get it done. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, that shit looking good. It's going to be out before Christmas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, look, man. Being being an important and influential and innovator from from the Carolinas, where do you what do you see is different from being in it back and forth to Atlanta? Media and music that's different from the Carolinas, and what can help the Carolinas grow so that we can be just as strong as a market like New York or Atlanta or California. Like, what do you see the difference is between Atlanta and, and North Carolina in the music scene? Um, I mean, North Carolina, I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta, that's what folks is down here to do. They down here to work. You know what I'm saying? So, like, folks move to Atlanta. A lot of folks down here working aren't even from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of producers aren't from Atlanta. So, it's studios all around the place down here. So it's like Atlanta is a working city. Folks are down here working. Folks come down here to work. Folks come down here to get in the mix. You know what I'm saying? And they already got a little yeah. bit of motion. So, uh, you know, the media, it's a lot of, it's, it's, it's a nice amount of media here. It's no major, major, major media outlets, but it is some media out here. Um, so you got to come down to Atlanta, do a little press run. You know what I'm saying? Not as big as you would if you went to LA or New York, but you know, you got, you got some folks you can tap into down here. And it's the black Hollywood, so it's like it's it's Boy, great to rub shoulders. In Carolina, uh folks don't know who to rub shoulders with. It ain't no blueprint. Atlanta doesn't yeah. seen the shit happen before. So it's like they kinda got a blueprint to follow. You know what I'm saying? They know about the billboards and they know about the you know, the 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 the, the, the life size posters and the street yeah. teams and fucking the city up. They saw Jeezy put out a hundred thousand CDs in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what we that's what Travis Porter got the idea of pressing all these 80,000 CDs up. Like, shit, Jeezy did it, Trap or Die. Shit, we're going to do it, too. We're going to fuck the streets up. We got to make sure we get a hand-in-hand with these folks. So it's like Atlanta, you ain't really have a blueprint unless you follow, like, what I did or unless you follow, like, what the baby's doing. So it's like, but still, it's like, okay, like, baby, the baby made folks believe. So it's like, if you notice, there's been a lot more artists these past two years yep. since the baby came out and did his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, folks say, oh, shit. What he did is possible. The guerrilla, the mar the guerrilla marketing, like really going in the club, really building with these DJs. He showed that that shit is possible. He proved that he made it a point. You know what I'm saying? Like you can really change your life by working hard, back to back, like really being consistent, really grinding, really spending your last hundred dollars, really, you know, believing in yourself, really gambling on yourself. He showed the world that this shit is possible. Not even the world, but he showed the Carolina. So it's like, yeah. uh, what can make the Carolina stronger though? Is I can't say working together. Cause the same shit that happens in Carolina, you feel like, oh, my city hate on me. These folks hate on me. I don't get no support from the DJs. Nigga, that shit go on in every city, every state around this world. So I ain't trying to hear that. It's like, you just got to do what you got to do. You got to work your ass off. And when folks see you working, and if you delivering, you got equality, then they going to tap in with you. 
they going to work yeah. with you. You might got to cut a few checks here and there, but it's like, hey, that hard work going to help out a whole lot more than them checks going to help out. Um, we don't have a lot of media outlets out there. You know what I'm saying? So this right here is good for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is good for us. You know what I'm saying? There has been some blogs popping up. But like, the media outlets are starting to grow now. But really, a lot of that has just been happening over the past few years. It ain't been like that for too long. Ain't too many media outlets you can name. Even with the, even, even speaking back to 10 years ago, like, I was heavy in the mixtape game. Shit, all the niggas doing mixtapes in the Carolinas was... Shit, Chuck T wasn't even in North Carolina yet, so Chuck T in South Carolina. But other than that, it wasn't nobody else doing mixtapes in the Carolina, but Issa, Reflection, and DJ Barry B. We was the only niggas that was consistently dropping mixtapes back-to-back and really flooding the streets with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, Atlanta, you got this DJ, that DJ, Black Bill Gates, Scream, damn Techniques, damn Plug, damn Him, 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 you know, Swamp yeah. Izzo. Like, you got a whole bunch of DJs that link in with. It wasn't like that in Carolina. But it's like, I felt we had to help build, we had to help create that scene. And we still in the process of building and creating that scene. You know what I'm saying? From these concerts, giving these folks platforms. You know what I'm saying? So, like that, all that shit, like just give folks a chance, bro. Carolina doesn't have much of a chance. So, for a lot of niggas that don't go and take a chance or make a chance, it's like they just going to sit around and cry or they going to go somewhere else where they ain't got no pool, ain't got no stain, and they just going to get overlooked, you know what I'm saying, trying to hop in a big-ass ocean. But it's like, bro, you got your own backyard. You can pipe this shit up, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You can be the man in the city and start getting booked here. Shit, that's what the baby did. I hate to keep on going back to him, but that's the main nigga that showed and proved, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, that Chitlin' circuit that you stated before, that backyard, sometimes based on the market, the backyard don't always, you know, like I know, the backyard ain't going to always support. But the Chitlin' Circuit does help it, it increase what the backyard lacks because of that networking and getting in touch with the DJs and the right. tastemakers and, you know what I'm saying, blogs, so on and so forth. So that does make up, you know what I'm saying, that Chitlin' Circuit does make up where the that backyard kind of lacks. Man, it's just smoking mirrors, bro. Yeah. Like, either you got to already be doing that shit in your city or you got to take that shit somewhere else and you got to show these folks, oh, I'm doing this shit. Oh, this shit going down. I'm performing. Yeah. So it's like when I used to take them trips to Atlanta, them folks used to see that and they used to love it. So you traveling, y'all y'all working. Well, I ain't just coming to Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta 20 deep, five, six, seven cars deep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I'm going back mm -hmm. home, and this before Instagram and Twitter and all that shit. So it's like folks seeing that, you know, like literally seeing it because I'm putting the footage on YouTube and I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's linking with folks. They see what I'm going on. They just see what's going on. Either they see it or they with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, man. You got this shit smoking mirrors, bro. Folks want to see you. Like, they want to.